I'm Andrew Schweitzer, and you're listening to the Boxing for Free podcast. I was, I was so, so close with my prediction for Wilder versus Fury over two weeks ago. I, I just could not believe how close I was, you know. And you can go back and listen to the podcast uh, previous to this with Matt Lewis. I told him. Uh, Fury is going to be outboxing Wilder, and I'll admit where I made my mistake. I said that around round six, uh, that Wilder was going to catch Fury with a with a shot that drops him, and that Fury would spend maybe the next two rounds uh, sort of clearing the cobwebs. But by you know probably by the ninth round, he'd be back into the fight, and. You know, going into the eleventh round, Wilder would need a knockout to win. He realizes, and he drops Fury with a combination. I believe. I think I may have said combination. I may have just said another wild shot. But either way, I said that he was going to drop him, and you know, keep him on his back. And that is more or less what almost ended up happening in the fight. I I could not believe it. I've got what a uh, few notes. I. Uh, I took during the fight. Now, uh, I gave uh, the first eight rounds to Tyson Fury. I thought that he was just outboxing Wilder quite easily. Um, the ninth round I gave to Wilder because of the knockdown. Uh, ten, round 10, that was for Fury. Round 11 for Fury. And round 12 I gave to Deontay Wilder. But, oh my gosh, I could not believe it you know the prediction i made was more or less within 90 90 to 95 accurate i'm sorry and i everybody in the bar was so excited they were going nuts and the thing was uh, oddly enough before the fight even started uh the first fight on the uh on the undercard had ended and then for some reason, uh, that yeah, that was a fight between uh, Joe Hanks and Joe Joyce, which Joyce won with a first-round knockout. But after that fight at the bar, all of a sudden, the pay-per-view just shuts off and everybody's watching the CBS Evening News. And I'm just like, they, they, they better know that there's more to the fight. Like, they're, 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 there's, they're, there's at least uh, three more fights that... You know, have to be played, and I remember some Englishmen came in and like, "Oh, what the hell's going on here?" And that—that's see, that's I'm terrible with accents because that's just an Irish accent. But either way, no, they—they they come in, they're seeing that you know they're we're, we're watching CBS News, and it's kind of like, "Well, what's going on here? Why aren't we watching the fight?" Uh, there was some problem with uh, the TVs, but thankfully they got them fixed by uh, the time the other cards on the undercard began uh Kaufman versus Ortiz uh Louis Ortiz won by a TKO in the 10th round I found that to be a very very dull fight I thought that uh, Louis Ortiz could have done a bit more much earlier uh Jared Hurd versus uh Wellborn uh Wellborn obviously a game but you know <sighs> Jared Hurd's skill was just too much for Wellborn, and he stopped him with a body shot in round four. Uh, 
this was oddly enough, well, I say oddly enough, but this was the final bout of a referee Lou Moret's career. He retired after this bout. But yeah, then Fury versus Wilder, like I said, uh, my prediction, very, very close. I felt that Wilder, Wilder was being outboxed and like going into the second or third round, I thought that he looked actually kind of confused. That he wasn't sure uh, what to do against Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury, oh my gosh, th this is my first time seeing him fight life, but I can understand how difficult it would be fighting him. I, I noticed that his hands were always, he was making these little feints with his hands, so you never know which direction they're going to, where they're going to come from. And he, he was just outclassing and outboxing Deontay Wilder. And you can make the argument that, uh, That technically, in the twelfth round, when Fury scored, or sorry, when uh, Wilder scored his second knockdown, that oh, Tyson Fury was knocked out. Okay, maybe he was, but he quickly regained consciousness. I mean, for the love of God, everybody always says Muhammad Ali was knocked out by Joe Frazier in the fifteenth round by that left hook, but by the count of two, he woke up. I mean, th that that doesn't matter. You can make the the petty and uh nonsensical argument that Tyson Fury had been quote knocked out well he regained consciousness before the referee Jack Reese noticed and I must say credit to Jack Reese because I, I think that any other referee might have uh, stopped the fight then and there but he gave Fury a fighting chance and this is a thing that I think a lot of people are forgetting when Tyson Fury got up from that combination which you know, when it usually lands from Deontay Wilder, the opponents, you know, they usually stay down. But Fury gets up, and afterwards, I thought that he was still quite competitive in the fight. I mean, oh, it was, it was such such a very good fight. I, I don't know if I would call it great, great drama, definitely. But uh, in the end. I had it scored 116 to 110 for Tyson Fury, but uh, these judges, 115 to 111 for Deontay Wilder, 114 to 110 for Tyson Fury, okay, you know, at least you've got it for the right guy, I suppose, but uh, 113, 113, a draw? I am really puzzled by these uh, by these judges. I am particularly baffled uh, by the 115 to 111 for Deontay Wilder. I am with Pauli Malinacci. I hope that guy, uh, I can't even remember his name. It's not worth mentioning, but I hope that he never judges uh, a major title fight like this again. Oh my gosh. And yeah, a draw. It's a draw. I thought that Tyson Fury clearly won the fight. It is a, it, you can't help but feel bad for him because this uh, th this is a great comeback he did nonetheless. I mean, regardless of uh, whether you think a draw was justified or not, I certainly think that he has earned comeback of the year from Ring Magazine. That goes without question. He just... He showed what he's made of, and you know what? 
as much as I have gotten on his case in years past, I thought that he handled himself tremendously well. Um, credit to him and his corner. And I have to say, the, the class that he demonstrated after the fight, he had every right to be upset and angry. He could have uh, taunted Deontay Wilder saying that, you know, I won this fight. It could they could have just resumed the trash talk that had that took place before the fight, but he showed tremendous class. He was a perfect gentleman, and like I said before, you couldn't really blame him if he chose not to be. Like if he wanted to leave the ring disgusted, if he wanted to say, you know, I thought I won this fight. I think that I got robbed. I've been screwed by these judges. I don't think I. I don't think I or anyone else could have blamed him for feeling that way. But uh, regardless, I obviously there's going to be a rematch. You can't help but feel bad a bit for poor Anthony Joshua, who is who is probably looking forward to a uh, big mega clash between the winner of this fight. But now, once again, he's kind of the man on the outside looking in because we're hoping that a fight between uh, Fury and Wilder, rather a rematch, can be made and uh it'd be nice if this one took place in london england but i've you know i that, that uh the, the way fury got up in round 12 i i had so many people asking me about that like uh wh- you know it, it's also funny because it got the undertaker trending on twitter because everybody's comparing the way that fury just got up like the undertaker from wrestling how he's just always flat on his back and then he'll sit up I thought it was more Michael Myers myself from uh, the Halloween movies, not the Austin Powers guy who used to be funny. But, uh, oh gosh, I had so many people asking about that, like, what the hell, and how the hell did he get up from that? I have no idea. But Tyson Fury might have one of the all-time great chins in boxing. And, oh, you know, it's funny, but I can't wait to see him again. I I really think... uh, I think he might be making a fan out of me, but do I, you know, I'm sure that there are people who might uh, disagree with me, who say, oh, no, Andrew, what are you talking about? Like, this was fight was clearly, uh, clearly a draw, or, you know, oh, no, if you go back and watch Deontay Wilder did win this fight, he was more competitive than you might realize. People might be asking me, Andrew, do you still think that Tyson Fury won this fight. And I have just one response. To this day. To this day. To this day. It's quite funny, but prior to this fight, again, I was talking with Matt Lewis and I said, Wilder, for all his accomplishments, you know, uh, something like 40, 40 or 41 victories, every one of them, uh, except uh, the first fight with Stavern, uh then by knockout and yet he's not there are people outside of boxing who probably don't know who he is well now they do unfortunately they just know him as a meme (laughs) irony of ironies Uh, i feel a little bit bad for deontay wilder because you know you you want people to say, oh my gosh, you're Deontay Wilder. You you, uh, you had that great fight with Tyson Fury. But now they're going to be going up to him and say, oh my god, you're Deontay Wilder. I saw you in a meme. <laughs> or I saw you on somebody's vine. Or, 
does does Vine still exist? I don't know. I don't know. But oh my gosh, you know. <laughs> and, and the thing is, you see some of these videos that people make. Um, they're funny as hell, and it's all just Deontay Wilder saying to this day, to this day, to this day, to this day, to this day. Hey, even though Seinfeld ended uh, 20 years ago, do you still like to watch the reruns? To this day, to this day, to this day. Oh, hey, that's the dude who stole your Ninja Turtles pencils back in the seventh grade. Even though we're 30 now, do you still hold a grudge? To this day. To this day! To this day! Okay, I, I gotta stop. Um, final thoughts on the whole thing. Uh, I'm, I'm talking about uh, Fury versus Wilder, not Deontay becoming a meme. Uh, a, a very good night for boxing. Somewhat of a disappointing uh, end. I think that Fury is obviously going to be the comeback of the year in Ring Magazine. And I hope that these two get to fight again because, who knows, maybe they'll have recognized where they made mistakes. I imagine Deontay Wilder and his team certainly recognize where they made mistakes. I think I heard Wilder say in an interview afterwards that he was loading up too much. And maybe next time he'll be able to get Fury out of there for good. Or, who knows, maybe next time... It'll be Wilder who is on the canvas. Who knows? That's why we love boxing. And, uh, I mean, you guys are looking forward to a rematch between Fury and Wilder, right? To this day! To this day! To this day! I swear to God, that was the last time. Moving on. Okay, now this is a bit of sad news. I know that we, uh... Just came from talking about something great and was very jovial about it. But this time, uh... This isn't a good story. The same night that Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder had their fight in Montreal, Adonis Stevenson lost his WBC light heavyweight title to Alexander Voistik. And after the fight, Stevenson was rushed to the hospital in critical, critical condition, and he had to be placed into a medically induced coma. Now, when... News of this broke, a lot of people, to be fair, even before the news broke, a lot of people were kind of happy that Stevenson had lost. They kind of felt that he had a uh, bit of a stranglehold in the light heavyweight division, that he wasn't really facing the best competition. And I can somewhat understand that uh, Stevenson had gone the Al Heyman route in, I believe it was, two thousand at the at, either at the end of 2013 or the beginning of 2014, because a lot of people at the end of 2013, after Stevenson was named Fighter of the Year, and he had a tremendous uh, year that year, uh, he avenged his only loss up to that point against Darnell Boone. He had the one-round knockout of Chad Dawson to become the light heavyweight champion of the world. He outboxed and stopped uh, Tavoris Cloud, and... At the end of the year, I think it was in December, he just he, he knocked out Tony Bellew. And that was before Bellew uh, came back to become cruiserweight champion with uh, victories over David Hay as well. But a afterwards, it just kind of he, he had gone the Heyman route. He was viewing this not to uh, 
not to be the best, but kind of to make the most money. And I can kind of understand that, but at the same time, boxing fans are very fickle. They want people who who they want to they want to be the best. That, that that's the type of fighters that we like. We want somebody who's going to rise to the occasion and we kept hoping that a fight with uh between Stevenson and Sergey Kovalev would happen, but it just wasn't meant to be. Stevenson went to Showtime and PBC and Kovalev was uh, stuck on HBO. I don't know where his rematch with Alvarez is happening at this point. But when the news of him going into a coma, uh, when that surfaced, I I was quite disappointed by the amount of people who were trying to justify it or saying that it was a good thing because of Stevenson's past. Now, if you don't know, in his early 20s, Adonis Stevenson was a pimp. Okay, he worked in the sex industry. He was apparently very abusive, and he went to prison for that. I think he did about three and a half years in prison. And I know that a lot of people will say, oh, three and a half years, that's not nearly enough. Hey, buddy, come to Canada. Our justice system up here sucks. Every Canadian citizen knows that. I mean, there are drunk drivers who kill people, and they somehow manage to get less time than Adonis Stevenson ever got for pimping. But what you have to realize in Stevenson's case is that after he got out of prison, he turned his life around. He devoted himself to boxing. He, you know, as far as I know, has stayed out of trouble, has not gotten into any legal problems. So, you cannot punish somebody for something that they were already punished for, okay? He went to prison. He served his time. I don't know what if, what if any trouble he got into in prison. That's neither here nor there. But, I'm sorry. To say that a guy deserves to be in a coma, no. No, I'm sorry. Uh, boxing's a very dangerous sport. And I don't think that... Uh, people you don't like need to be knocking on death's door. I mean, do his children deserve to lose their father? Does his wife deserve to lose her husband simply because of what her husband did before they even met? For something that happened, you know, almost two decades ago? Does that apply to people you don't like? Does that apply to everybody are we supposed to live as monks? I mean, what, what, what is becoming of us? Really? I know this is getting into a bit of an editorial, but it, it, it just baffles me. I mean, I, I don't know. But uh, there is a bit of good news. There is some news breaking that apparently uh, Stevenson has emerged from his coma, that he has spoken to relatives that were bedside when this happened. That's all I have at the moment. Uh, there's not much, uh, and I hate, I hate to be uh, spreading rumors, but I ho- certainly hope that this is true. If that's the case, uh, Stevenson's family has asked for privacy uh, in this matter. I am not one of these people who wants to report every 
every possible rumor, but if he has emerged from uh, this coma, I wish him nothing but the best. I don't want to see anybody seriously hurt in this sport, regardless of whether you think they deserve it or not. And uh, this is clearly the end of uh, Stevenson's boxing career. Um, I I have no idea how uh, I I have no idea how uh, Vosdick feels about this. I'm sure that he does not mean to go in there and uh, nearly beat somebody to death. But you got to wonder how this weighs on his mind now as the new uh, uh, light heavyweight champion in the division. I don't know. Um, I hope this doesn't weigh on him too much. I've heard that Michael Griffin, the referee, uh, has been seriously depressed and that he's lost 10 pounds over this. Uh, it, it's just a really a really terrible thing. I But I hope that uh, Adonis Stevenson has a very speedy recovery and I hope that he enjoys retirement happily and healthy. Moving on, uh, some more sad news from this month. After 45 years, 865 fighters and 1,116 fights, HBO Boxing has come to an end. It's, it's a sad end to an era for what was one of the titans of boxing and slowly but surely over the past few years was and and especially within the last uh, year uh, it was quickly becoming a non-entity I mean they were still putting on some big shows like uh, the rematch between Canelo versus Golovkin but you could tell that it, HBO boxing was not what it used to be five years or even ten years ago. Um, I did not see any of the uh, any of those fights, unfortunately. Um, on the, the main event was a uh, women's title fight. And the thing is, I've seen uh, pictures of the arena during the broadcast, though. There's hardly anybody there. It's almost a bit like HBO was... One of the fighters that they chronicled, they started out as this great champion, and in the end, they're just a shadow of what they used to be, and it's it's so sad. It, it you have to wonder where the hell did it go wrong? Is there any way that they could possibly come back? If there's a change in management that says, you know, let's get back into boxing, let's restore that great great tradition that we once had and can continue to have i don't know uh i'm one of these never say never types you know kind of uh hope for the best but expect the worst so uh i'm not going to say it's impossible but at the moment i'm not going to be holding my breath saying oh you know by by march they'll uh they'll, they'll say that they're coming back i mean this is not like a death in comic books this is uh, this is something much bigger, and I, I I can't believe it. I really can't because HBO was the king. I mean, I, I said this before in the past, but Showtime always kind of seemed like the uh, 
And this is not a knock on Showtime, but it always kind of seemed like a lower tier. I mean, and they've put on some great fights as well at Showtime. The, the greatest of them is obviously Castillo versus Corrales. But HBO, there, there's just something about it. You think about all the great fights that took place on HBO. Douglas versus Tyson. Tyson versus Spinks. The Bo Holyfield trilogy. De La Hoya versus Trinidad. Pacquiao versus Marquez. All four fights. There, there are just so many fights that you can name that, you know, it, it, it's just impossible. You're going to leave one of the great ones out. Hopkins versus Trinidad. I mean, so, so many great fights, and uh, it's all done now. That, that's the end of it. But I will say the production value that they put in to they, they showed this great video montage, almost kind of like uh, chronicling the history of HBO boxing. They did it in like 13 minutes, but it's so it's so great. And the thing is, you, you still kind of feel like, oh, you just if you were just showing this to somebody who'd never seen boxing or never watched boxing on HBO, They'd probably be amazed by it, but afterwards you could tell them, you know, this only scratched the surface. I mean, the fights themselves are so much greater. And then, or rather before that, we had the final sign-off from the commentators that evening, which were Jim Lampley, Max Kellerman, and Roy Jones. Max Kellerman, oh, poor, poor Max. I mean, you can tell this is an emotional moment for him, but for whatever reason, he's got a terrible, terrible scratchy throat to the point where you you almost want to say, oh, Max, maybe you should stay home this evening. But to his credit, uh, you know, he stuck with it. And he didn't sound too terrible, but you can tell that, uh, he, yeah, scratchy throats take some Vicks or something. But uh, I'm going to play those final closing words from Jim, Max, and Roy. So um, that was it. That's the end of the last boxing match to have appeared on HBO. And now it's time for the three of us, Max Kellerman, Roy Jones, and myself, to say our final farewell on this broadcast. And Roy, you go first. Well, I just want to say, you know, thank you, Jim, to you and Max. Y'all have been nothing but brothers and a family to me. Y'all have been the best two people that I ever could have shared my broadcast career with. And uh, I look forward to seeing something of you guys in the future. I want to say thank you to HBO for all that they've done for me, for my boxing career, for my commentary career. My boxing career was born, bred, raised, brewed right here on HBO. No other real network besides HBO once I got established to who Roy Jones was. My commentary career started 23 years ago and constantly grew right here on HBO as well. I became... I came from being a boy to a man as a commentator as well as a fighter. So I just want to say thank you to everybody involved in HBO, everybody who gave me the opportunities, all the fighters that came and uh, came and participated with me inside the ring as I shocked the world on HBO. And last but not least, I do want to say thank God for letting me finally meet an angel by the name of Artie Curry. So thank you, everybody. HBO, God bless you I'm going to be reading my closing statement. Roy Jones remains one of the greatest extemporaneous speakers I have ever worked with in 44 years of broadcasting. Max. 
from the time I started watching boxing as a kid, I was always drawn to this place because of the storytelling, the honesty and forthrightness of those broadcasts were unparalleled. That ethos has been championed by the highest reaches of the executive offices of this network down through every single person working here in the arena to bring you these fights. It has changed sports television. I will miss all the very special people in our HBO family, especially my on-air brothers, Jim Lampley, the best who ever did it, Roy Jones, the best I've ever seen with my own eyes, and the late, great Emmanuel Stewart, one of boxing's greatest ever trainers and personalities. That is who you work with here. It has been my profound privilege. All right. Well, thank you very much, Max. Thank you to both of my two eternal brothers. Never forget anything about this. I go last. It only stands to reason that when an organization does something like this for this long a period of time, it gradually becomes a family. And this is no exception. I'd be remiss in offering tribute if I failed to identify the seminal figures who were here from the beginning. So all of you, indulge me, indulge us, please, at this moment. Barry Tompkins, who capably hosted this telecast for 15 years before I showed up, and who is still calling fights at a high level to this day. Bob Papa, who for several years hosted Boxing After Dark. Ross Greenberg, who produced this telecast for decades at the beginning before he graduated to the role of arranging the fights. Rick Bernstein, who succeeded Ross as executive producer. Seth Abraham, Lou DiBella, and Ken Hirschman, who all at one time or another occupied the executive role prior to the current regime. Dave Harmon, who has capably produced for the past dozen years, along with Thomas Odelfelt and Jonathan Crystal. Mark Payton, who for decades defined the art of directing boxing television, and Jonathan Evans, who so capably succeeded him. Larry Merchant, who defined the art of being Larry Merchant. Ray Leonard, George Foreman, Lennox Lewis, Andre Ward, Bernard Hopkins, and Gil Clancy, who all sat in Roy Jones's chair at one time or another. And four names who have already exited this life, but whose very mention within our family still elicit tears. A handheld cameraman named Gordy Sager, an audio man, <coughs> excuse me, named Paul Hoggat, the great Emmanuel Stewart, whom both Roy and Max have already mentioned, still our soulful conscience here, and Artie Curry, our invisible link to the lives of the fighters. There are dozens of other names which belong here, but time now intervenes. And with that said, at the end of the day, this family was also a business. And every business has an organic beginning and a natural, inevitable end. Here at HBO Boxing, the end has come. We thank you for watching. We urge you to turn elsewhere to continue your support of this purest and most human of all competitive sports. And most of all, we thank the people who poured forth their bodies and their souls to write our 45-year history in the ring. The fighters, they are uniquely precious. And the life lessons they provided for us are timeless and indispensable. And here now, for your memories, is the indelible evidence. And as I stated previously, that was when they showed the... Uh 
a brief summary of the history of HBO. They did it in about 10 to 13 minutes or so, but it, it does such a great job. But at the same time, you, you kind of feel, oh my gosh, this only really just scratches the surface. I mean, the summary is good, but going through the whole thing would just be all the more better. And even during the uh, the closing credits, they were showing all the great moments that have happened throughout the history of HBO. Uh, Hopkins doing the the push-ups in the ring against uh, Jean Pascal in their rematch. Roy Jones Jr. just outclassing opponents. Lennox Lewis's stunning one-round knockout of Andrew Golotta, which is probably the uh, most dominant, I think, a heavyweight champion has ever looked in one round since... Uh, probably since Tyson obliterated Michael Spinks. You know, Vernon Forrest, his upset against Shane Mosley. There was Manny Pacquiao versus David Diaz, and Diaz talking after the fight, saying that he that Pacquiao was just too fast, and it felt like all these people were in the ring attacking him, but it was just Manny. Yeah, this great moment of uh, Larry Merchant fighting off somebody who's trying to steal his microphone. And it's a great moment because Larry looks so pissed. And then, like, the camera pans back to him, and he just smiles like, Oh, sorry about that, folks. <laughs> I mean, Larry Merchant was, was just the best. They also showed highlights from, you know, Manny Pacquiao, ring walks, uh, Joshua versus Klitschko, probably the greatest heavyweight championship fight in recent memory and it all and the, the final image is uh j- just a great one and that is um Arturo Gatti and Mickey Ward hugging each other uh after their third fight and you know that that's uh, those three probably fought the, or sorry, those two, those two fighters, Ward and Gaddy, probably the best trilogy that HBO ever hosted. And all, all it does is just make you sad. It it, it makes you sad about uh, what would the, the the tragedy of Arturo Gaddy's uh, his suicide, and it just reminds you of. Uh, you know all the all the great fights that have been on HBO and that will no longer be on HBO. Like I said before, th- there there is no 100% guarantee that boxing will never be on HBO again. Hope uh, hope for the best, expect the worst, and I I will cheer the loudest if it ever does come back. But uh, for the moment. Fare thee well, HBO. I mean, you were so good to boxing, and uh, there will never be another. Moving on. Now, some of you might have seen this uh, either on the Boxing for Free Facebook page, the Twitter page, or just going to BoxingForFree.com. But if you haven't, go to BoxingForFree.com. I want you to watch uh, this special video that Justin and I put together a few weeks ago. 90% of this was Justin because all I did was just write the script and read it, but he put together the video footage for this. We did a little uh, look back 
at uh, Manny Pacquiao's victory over Oscar De La Hoya. We released it on the 10th anniversary of that fight. And the, the response to it, we, we've had a lot of people watching it, a lot of people liking it, a lot of people uh, subscribing to the, or not subscribing, but uh, joining the Boxing for Free Facebook page. Uh, we're very pleased by it. And if anything, we just want to know what you think of it. Like, give us comments, give us feedback, let us know. You know, you could have talked about this or this, you could have mentioned this. And it, let us know if you want to see more of this. Uh, I'm starting some preliminary research for the next project. I'm hoping to have that up in February. But uh, this is something that we want to keep doing. Kind of to, uh, you know, just our own little celebration of boxing history, if you will. And maybe letting you know some things about fights that you didn't know before. I mean... It's just something that we enjoy doing. This was all... I, I'm pretty sure that this was Justin's idea. Um, but then again, I said that about the podcast. And then he showed me the email and said, No, the podcast was actually your idea. So I can't remember whose idea this was. But uh, Justin did tremendous work on this video. And if you haven't seen it already, go there. Watch it. I think it's a tremendous video. Uh, even though I think that my... Uh, my my commentary could have been a bit better, and, um, you know, I, I can't help but listen to it and, and hear all the flaws in me, but I think that uh, his video production was top-notch, and uh, it's something that we want to keep doing. I'm going to try to keep doing more podcasts uh, in the coming year. I also want to get back into doing the uh, daily boxing history thing. I I completely neglected it for the past 365 days and I want to uh, remedy that. I want to remedy a, a lot uh, in 2019. I kind of want to be more active uh, with podcasts, with video projects, with anything that kind of celebrates boxing history. And all I can ask is that uh, you stay patient with us and stick with us throughout the years because we want to keep doing this. Anyway, that's all we have for you this week. Happy Holidays, Merry Christmas, Joyeux Noel, Hanukkah's already passed, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, Feliz Navidad, thank you. We hope you enjoyed the latest edition of the Boxing for Free podcast. You can find us online at www.boxingforfree.com. That's boxing, the number four, free.com. Twitter.com slash Boxing for Free. Be like Eris Lendi Lara, Robert the Ghost Guerrero, Adonis Stevenson, Berman Stavern, Millerad Zizek, Glenn Johnson, and many others by liking us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash Boxing for Free. Go to YouTube.com slash Boxing for Free and like us on Facebook. Go to Facebook.com slash Boxing for Free page. Go to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and several other podcast directories. If you use iTunes or iHeartRadio, give us a review and let everyone know that the Boxing for Free podcast is your source for boxing news and commentary. I'm Andrew Schweitzer. Thank you for listening, and we hope you tune in next time. To this day! To this day! To this day!